0: And welcome back for episode 11 of Hurt Business Radio. It's been a big week in boxing, there's a lot going on, a lot to catch up on. Joined by the classy one, Ben Damon. Ben, how are you?
1: I am very well, thank you, Mickey. Yeah, what a big uh, week. It's been a big time, really, but uh, particularly the last few days with uh, that huge fight in Vegas, which lived up to all of the expectation, and then uh, the announcement internationally as well that... Mayweather v Pacquiao 2 may be occurring, the uh, rematch that absolutely nobody wants to see. And <laughs> in the meantime, plenty of Australian boxing as well, so looking forward to having a chat about it.
0: Yeah, it's funny, for five years we couldn't get one Pacquiao Mayweather fight, <laughs> yeah. and now we can get two
1: 40-year-olds. Yeah, now men it's men
2: raining men. them, so uh, yeah. anyway. Yeah, good times. Um, the Matador, Jay Mitch. Yeah. How are you? Good, mate, good. I've been um, drunk for a week, thanks to Brew Beer and Australia Draft, always looking after me pre-fight. I mean, post fight, post fight, <laughs> <laughs> still, still drunk now, fellas. No, um, what, are you weighing, yeah. what are you weighing? Jade? None of your business, BD. <laughs> nah, I've put, um, I've put three kilos on since the fight because I, I step in the ring at eighty-three kilos. I'm eighty-six.
1: I read an article, I thought of you this morning, I read an article about uh, what Anthony Joshua eats uh, day-to-day, and I wondered how many similarities there were between the two of you. He sounded a little bit more precise, but uh, he's fighting this week too, so we'll have to talk about that.
0: Yes, Sunday, Yep, very early morning. Jade, you got a bit of news? You had a big fight the other week, Kerry Foley. Yep.
2: uh, Yep, we got over the little speed hump of Kerry Foley, and now we can get on with the rest of our career, mate. I'm um, glad to get this one over
1: and done with. It was a pretty good fight. Um, sorry, Mickey, I just lost you there for a second. But um, what did I think? Yeah, I, I got to call the fight. And, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, actually. I probably um, expected Jade to win more decisively. Uh, he, he boxed very well, as he always does. Uh, moved his feet and his hands really well. But that power of Kerry Foley was uh, as expected and probably from the observer Kerry's movement was a little bit better than we expected and he did hurt Jade I'm sure you don't mind admitting that uh, in round number six but uh, yeah I I said in the commentary in the final round that Kerry was going to need a knockout and he he couldn't find it so a really good win for Jade congratulations mate.
2: Thank you very much mate yeah look it was um, I'm really happy with the win and I'm happy most of all I'm sort of I'm happy with the training camp because what what you don't really come out and say in the lead-up is um, my first five weeks of that ten weeks was all about rehabbing injuries. Uh, I did a lot of running, so I was fit for the fight. But I, if I'm being totally honest, I only probably had about three weeks of sparring and I truly believe that I would have too much as far as skill is concerned for Foley and um, and back myself in the fight. I don't believe it was my best performance, but... Um, the best thing is, is coming out of the fight, I don't have any injuries, and I'm 13 weeks out from my next fight, so we're trying to source a um, source a good opponent that's going to get me ready for the bigger fights that we've got coming up. So, although the camp wasn't the best as far as boxing is concerned, I still got myself fit enough to outwork um, the big puncher Foley for the 10 rounds and uh, come away with the victory. So, I'm excited for the next step. Yeah, he was, he's a
0: definitely a big puncher, but you almost got taken out by the ring ropes on the way in.
2: <laughs> yeah, <it's> always, <laughs> that's always a good omen, that one, when you trip up getting in the ring. Jesus Christ. Mm. Shout out to Kyle McKenzie. At least I didn't um, do a backflip and land on my face. That would have been the icing on the cake at the end of it.
1: Yeah, I would have liked to see that. <laughs> that's, that's cool. How badly hurt were you in round six? Um,
2: look, at the start of the round is when he clipped me. And um, to Kerry's credit, he actually kept his distance really well and continued to catch me. But um, I really feel like War Kerry's best shots, and I wasn't in any super trouble. It was just um, I was a little a little hurt at the start of the round, but as soon as my head cleared um, in into the seventh, I um, I kicked on again. I, I feel I dominated eight, nine, and ten, but. Um, was just yeah we just had to weather weather the storm a little bit there, um, but yeah Kerry's power is real he's he's a big he's he's definitely a big banger um, he's I would say Aaron Le- to like I would say Aaron Lay probably hits a little bit harder than Kerry I'd say Mitch Clark hits as hard as Kerry they are all these big thudding punches. Um, I would say that the, the Chinese Turkish fella was a harder puncher. He had the crack, so that's a different power. That was when he hit me in the first round with that overhand right that um, injured my neck. That was a big punch. That was that was different power. But Kerry, Kerry definitely hurt me in the sixth. Um, but mate, he landed his best shots, and it wasn't good enough.
1: Um, I got in the uh, unusual and uh, not particularly pleasant situation of having both fighters afterwards think that I was being biased against them. I believe that uh, Kerry Foley said on social media that if you watch without the commentary, which was (laughs) myself and Carly and me, and then he won clearly. And Jade uh, sent me a message after he'd listened to it and said, well, you didn't do too bad a job, (laughs) but I thought you were very easy on him. So uh, (laughs) I can't believe anyone
2: apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the take from them all. Mate. If you're calling my fight, you know I'm going to hang shit on you after it anyway, man. So that's to be expected. But no, hey, in Kerry's defense, but Ben, if you do, if you turn the – I'm being serious now. If you turn the commentary off and you sit in front of the TV and you close your eyes and you listen to that little voice inside of Kerry's head – I can see how Kerry thinks he won the fight too, man. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. That wasn't even a close fight. Like, you got schooled for seven out of ten rounds. You landed your best shots. Wasn't good enough, Kezza. I'm sorry, mate. Like, that's... I just don't understand how how he can think that he won that fight. It wasn't a close
1: fight. It wasn't close at all. <laughs> have- all right. Let's 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 move along, <laughs> Mickey. Let's not get bogged down in Jay Mitch Land here.
2: Can I just... Can, can, can I just say one thing? For, for 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 a guy who calls himself the captain, it's not very admirable he didn't go down with the ship. You talked a whole heap of smack before the fight. You lost the fight, hands down. And the captain, his jump ship, he's like, see ya. Like, he will not take any blame at all for the loss. Even his team thinks he lost the fight. They said he wasn't good enough. Anyway, moving on. Let's do it. Right. Well, yeah, we got the win. <laughs> great. Well, I think all three judges gave that to you. Yeah. Um, what's yeah. next, Jade? Um, we're back in – we're back December 14. And it looks like we might have an Armenian fighter who is based in the Netherlands. Gevorg Kachkiaan or Kachachot, or whatever his name is.
1: I'm, I'm not calling this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um, his only losses, he went the distance with um, Gilberto Ramirez – and um, he, he got stopped in the 11th by James DeGayle um, a couple of years before the Ramirez fight. So he's actually – he's he's rugged. He's, he's sort of – he's rugged. He's very awkward. He's He's got a bit of a Sam Solomon style to him, except he probably hits a little bit harder. He's a bit stronger, but he's slower than Solomon um, and probably doesn't have the work rate of Sammy. But he's got a lot of those attributes of Sam with um, – with the awkward movement and um, and weird angles and stuff. So for me, I'll, I've sparred a million rounds with Sammy and um, it's at a faster, higher pace. So I think, I th- look, it's a very dangerous fight because of where we're, where we're positioned at the moment in the world ratings. But I think um, I haven't faced anyone like this yet and he has a resume that's going to give me a really good fight and get me ready for that next level. So that's that's the plan.
0: Yeah, and it's a good barometer fight as well for, you know, to see how you do against the top guys. You know, it's always yeah, good to he's, see. He's been, um, he's
2: been rated with the, um, major government, with a few of the major governing bodies for the past few years now. He's a couple of years younger than me. Um, yeah, I believe it's going to be a good fight, good measuring stick. And, um, if I can beat him as convincingly as, as these other guys, I think I'm going to prove that I belong in the, um, up there with the best in the world.
0: Very nice. Very nice. And moving on to the, the following day in Bendigo.
2: Yes. Andrew Maloney
0: scored a career best win against Louis Concepcion. Uh, you and I were both there, Ben. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you get a chance to see that, Jade? What, what did, what did oh, you guys I did get a it?
2: chance to see it. I watched, um, I watched a link, After the fight, because you couldn't watch it on the actual night. But, man, he was impressive. And Andrew Maloney is the real deal. Both the Maloney boys are. I've been singing their praise forever. But how good was he that night?
1: Yeah, yeah. I had the pleasure of calling this one as well. And um, wow, it was an incredible performance, a world-class performance, certainly his career best, and um, showed that he's right in the mix internationally. And the international audience that were watching live through ESPN Plus uh, had no idea, I don't think, who Andrew Maloney really was. They'd seen his name in the rankings in an exciting division. But after that fight, stopping Luis Concepcion and um, just being so versatile and perfect throughout that fight. Um, they certainly know who he is now. And, well, world title shots beckon. He wants Kalyafi. He said that in the ring uh, immediately after the fight. Um, Peter Manialis was at um, pains to suggest that German and Carhas may have been the better route for him. But I'm inclined to think a fight with Kalyafi, who's a, a, a big name in the UK, Eddie Hearn has him. Is a fight that Andrew Maloney can win. I think that he's right in a fight like that. So um, yeah, I, I think he's shown that he is a, a genuine world class boxer.
2: One hundred percent. And look, Calum um he couldn't stop. He couldn't stop this fella. And um, Andrew got conception out of there in the tenth. And for mine as a fighter, I would want to go with. I would want to go against Kelly Fire. The, the zone deal that Eddie Hearns just signed. Um, I believe Cal Fire yep. is booked in for November in the U.S. on a DAZN show, and they don't have an opponent yet. I believe Andrew's trying to slide on in there and um, take that title off him on a DAZN show. So it'll be great money, yeah. great exposure. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully they can get that across the line. I was actually talking to Andrew this morning about that
1: okay well that's good yeah I, I i knew about those details but wasn't sure how hard they had been pushing but yeah that would be perfect and the timing's perfect for him and what a time it is for the maloney brothers the maloney family because andrew potentially in a world title shot there and if not then then certainly soon and jason's already got his book for the 20th of october um in orlando and uh, he's in the world boxing super series of course so yeah just a, a really exciting time and um very shortly potentially australia will have two world champions from one family so uh we've had a bit of a dry run in recent times but uh maybe it's about to get a lot better thanks to both of them
0: yeah how likely is that fight to happen you think any of you know if like either sides camps have have reached out to each other if there's yeah, been any yeah there were com-
1: there were certainly conversations um Tony Tolge and um the people at matchroom prior to that fight but he he said there was still a bit of work to be done i haven't really kept up to what's been happening since I did forward the fight to um to the match room people if they didn't have have a chance to see well, it and they've seen it now. So um yeah, but you know you spoke to Andy this morning, so.
2: Well the way the way I look at it is the new the new WBA ratings will be in shortly and um that that very well could put Andrew in the mandatory position. Um so I believe they're pushing the WBA to mandate the fight. Um and instead of just Trying to deal with um, deal with Hern and try and get the fight happening, but if they can, that's that's a sure thing. If you mandate the fight, there's no ifs or buts. That fight yeah. has to happen. So that's that's a, that's the direction they're going in.
0: Like this could have been just like a eliminator, but not a final eliminator. So it just it depends what they can, uh, I guess. Yeah, the, negotiate
1: with the WBA. Right, the fight with conception could have been. Yeah, well. Um. Yeah. It, it it essentially worked as an eliminator, but it wasn't a final eliminator. So yeah, it doesn't have to happen next, but um, there's pressure on, and as Jay and, just said, a, a bit of pressure on directly at the WBA re, re, to make it a mandatory. Zone, regardless, yeah, football, football, so regardless,
2: Andrew will eventually be his mandatory. If if he doesn't get um, Cali now, he yeah. wants the um fellow in the number one spot, but with with the with the performance he just put on over conception. There's every chance that the WBA may mandate that. That's what they're trying to push for. So he's he's right there. Um, will it happen in November? Yeah. Probably not. But I I guarantee Andrew Maloney will fight for the for the world title 2019. Yeah. Well.
0: Yeah. Big things there. Hopefully that Huge. can that fight can come off. Uh, later on on that card, we saw Tim Zhu get another very short fight. Out the way, another first round knockout.
1: Yeah, he didn't uh, again, muck around, did he? It was,
0: no, no. There was some people saying it was a bit of a early stoppage, but yeah. he, there were four unanswered uppercuts.
1: Yeah, he that. threw some big shots. Um, he threw a right hand uh, midway through the round that um, hurt the Argentinian. Um, then he chased him and threw those huge uppercuts. And, um, yeah, I think the opportunity was there for a knockdown to be called because uh, he was sitting on the ropes after taking a few of them and uh, it, it would have been a, a, a fair call and a knockdown and then they could have reset and we might have seen a bit more of Tim Zoo. But as it was, um, his camp were a little bit disappointed because they wanted to see him go for a little bit longer than that. It's tough enough for them to get opponents at the moment, but uh, another first-round knockout is not exactly what they are after. But... Uh, as you saw when you had a chat with him afterwards, Mickey, um, Tim was more than happy to get it over and done with. That's what he wants to do, just destroy people. And he's doing that at the moment.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just a shame that the last two fights of his that he's been involved in were both televised in the U.S. And he was be- deprived of like that highlight reel knockout in both fights. Yeah. I don't know what happened on the on, yeah. the, on, the, on, the, dip on the card. And, yeah, and
1: it's and not that. a highlight reel, the one that had, happened against uh, Stevie Ferdinandis, that's for sure. Or, um, um, this one at right. least gave him a few highlights, those big uppercuts that you mentioned, and he looked apart, and he um, was again patient and measured and uh, he was, you know, completely outmatched the opponent. But, um, yeah, Tim, I, I'm not sure what happens next. I know that um, they were hopeful that that Sam Columban fight was going to happen. It now appears that will not be happening. Um, I know Michael Zarafa is one that they want. I don't know if that's any closer, but, uh, yeah, he, he he wants to step it up.
2: I'd love
0: to see the Zarafa
2: fight. I think yeah, a great fight mate, I'd also love him to him see the um, Sam Columban, Columban fight because the thing is is with Zoo, where he's at in his career, he's just completely starching these guys they're putting in front of him. It's hard. He's still so young, too. Like, it's hard to match Tim at the level he's at now, not, not to throw him straight in the deep end, just keep bringing him along, and he can only fight what's in front of him. I, I believe Tim Zhu's the real deal. And it's just sort of a, a strange time for him with the matchmaking and that. But it's it's only a matter of time before he does step up. It would be great. to. It's such a shame the Columban fight um, has fallen through because I reckon that is the perfect measuring stick for where where Zhu's at. And to see what Sammy's still got left too because Sammy has been the gatekeeper in this country um, for that that weight division Walter well, welterweight junior middle so um it's a shame it's not going to come off um the zarafa fight would be awesome if that would come off but i think mick thinks he's got um bigger fish to fry all right what do you make
1: of it ben uh yeah it sounds sounds that way i know he was talking about jared Heard and some really big international opponents so um Yeah, um, Michael Zarafa, uh, he has been plugging away. He had a fight again quite recently against a smaller opponent, probably um, uh, an outgunned opponent again. But, uh, yeah, it would be a really good fight domestically. It would be an exciting fight. I think that um, Zarafa would go in as the favourite given the huge edge he has in experience, and it's a chance for him to get a a really good name on his resume here in Australia. But if he thinks those big international fights are, are right around the corner, then I can understand if he wants to hang out for them. So... As fans, they're the fights we want to see, but he's um, making a business decision if it is on the cusp of a, of a decent fight, so uh, good luck to him.
2: But the thing is, is Zarafa has only just entered the world ratings now. I think he's 15 or 14. Um, mm. What's the likelihood of getting a fight with a Jared Hurd or someone like that? These guys are superstars of the division right now.
1: Yeah, Does he have the yeah, pull to get yeah. in
2: there? Like, you would think that he would have to beat some beat someone in order to catch the attention again. Um,
1: I, yeah, you, you would have thought so, yeah. Um, and, and I know he's had some opportunities to go to the UK as well that have been declined. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know.
2: He's right there. I'd love to see Mick take um, take the opportunity to defend his defend his Commonwealth titles in the UK because he can still make money there. If if I, he he's world class, I, I, I truly believe Zarafa is he's world class, but he needs to. Um, he really needs to. I want to see him fight a decent opponent in his next fight. We haven't seen Mick fight awesome opposition recently. Um, I believe he'd be the favorite against Tim Zhu. I'd love to see him fight Tim Zhu. And that's a fight everyone will get excited about. And I think it's a fight that potentially Zarafa could make a little bit of money out of. As far as domestic fights go here, um, that is his best option because Dennis Hogan, he's not gonna, he's not gonna risk, risk fighting. Well, not so much risk. He's on the verge of a world title. Dennis Hogan is in that position. I don't think, I don't know if Mickey's, right in that position just yet to to full-on just snub a fight with Zoo, I would back Zarafa at this time. Um, I want to see that fight happen. That would be so
1: cool. I love it.
0: Yeah, he's, How far is Dennis Hogan from fighting Jamie Mungia Because he is uh, ranked one. Well,
1: he's going to fight um, on December 15 in Brisbane, unless they can make that world title fight next. And there are discussions, um, DDP – Having discussions with Golden Boy, even as we speak, um, about trying to get into a position to take that fight. Um, gee, it's a tough fight for him. Uh, Dennis Hogan is a very skillful boxer, a, a fantastic fella. Um, but that uh, Hame Mungia is a, um, a, a, a amazing. an amazing puncher. And uh, didn't he just destroy poor old um, Brandon Cook on the undercard for Golovkin Canelo the other day? He's yeah, a
2: straight-up animal. dude. scary yeah. for that weight, for that weight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's so big. Yeah, so big. Like, he <laughs> looks like a super middleweight.
2: I should ask him if he wants to swap. I look like a junior middleweight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he looks like a man. mailman. <laughs> um, should we talk about a couple of um, uh, super middleweight fights that have just taken place Um Involving Australians, firstly, uh, Bill Alaccaway on his Why international no, yeah. taboo. Um, won a wide decision against a Mexican opponent who was um, was pretty tough but outgunned. And, uh, well, who knows if that means that Golden Boy are going to sign him up. I haven't heard any developments. And then Rowan Murdoch as well had a good win on a DDP card um, on Saturday night as well. He he battered his opponent, that's uh, Pablo Nieves, I think it was. Um, so really good wins for the pair of them. Uh, did you see... Well, it was a bit difficult to see both of them, wasn't it? Because... Yeah,
0: supposed to, Bilal's file was supposed it, to be yeah. televised, and then... It, yeah, like no. the It was meant to be on
1: then... at 10am Australian time on ESPN, but then just the whole schedule changed. he ended up coming out second. It was like 7.30 in the morning, and I watched it on Paul Nazari's iPhone stream, so it wasn't mm-hmm. ideal, but... uh, That's, so how than That's how I
2: watched it. That's uh, how I watched it. Was, um, it was a pretty dominant performance by Bilal. I... um I would have liked to have seen him stop the guy, but um, pretty durable fella. But what um, what an exciting time ahead for Bilal with um, the Canelo team taking him under their wing. Um, and he's he's pretty well going to be based out of there in the lead-up to his camps now, isn't he? lead-up to his fights.
1: Yeah, it sounds like that way. Uh, Eddie Reynoso in yeah. his corner. And, um, yeah, they've obviously got him in, in high regard. So uh, he did the right thing first time around. I think he would have... Obviously, he liked a stoppage and it felt like a fight just from, you know, the, the limited coverage we sort of got. It felt like a fight that um, yeah. it, it was going to head towards a stoppage, but he couldn't quite get it. Uh, he was walking through the other fellow's yeah. punches, but uh, just couldn't find that one big shot of his own. Yeah,
0: it's always hard when you want to impress, you know, for a promoter to to get that knockout and to, to... Give that crowd-pleasing performance. It's it's just something that happens. Sometimes you know you just got to be content with the dominant win. But going on a couple of days later, we had the the fight of the year, uh, Triple G Canelo two. Definitely lived up to the hype. Really exciting fight. Not without its controversy and drama again. I thought you were talking
2: about Mitchell uh, Foley again for a second. I was going to say, dude, we've covered it. Moving on. <laughs> yes, no, yes, no, <laughs> second most important
0: fight of the year. Um, yeah. So what did you guys make of it? Man, what a fight.
2: I loved yeah. it.
1: Yeah. It, it yeah, lived up. Like, Such a good fight. Hard.
2: Hard. I was just going to... Um, yeah. so lived up yep. to the hype Go, and then some. It was just so good. And Canelo... Like he didn't, he didn't in the in in the whole lead up. He was saying he's going to stand in front of him this and um and he's going to walk Golovkin down. He did exactly that. He was awesome. I would be more happy with a draw in this fight than hmm. the original fight. That's for sure
1: yeah so i um was yeah like you blokes i was so surprised that uh, canelo looking as he did getting into the ring like obviously in fantastic condition but not as big as golovkin at any stretch he was just more than happy to stand there and trade and he forced the pace early on he started brilliantly i thought that golovkin finished over the top of him i had it seven rounds to five to golovkin at the end of it i thought a draw was a fair score and to be honest I thought that um Canelo winning uh by a round as uh, as they had it or by seven rounds to five was um was okay as well. I, I would have been more content with the draw, um as I think the vast majority would have, but they're not scores that you can call a robbery. Um it's a little bit like the Jeff Horn Manny Pacquiao result. Like it was a close fight, a tough fight, lots of rounds that would have been difficult to score, so as long as there's no one eighteen, one tens or the like, um, there's controversy no doubt, mainly because of uh the robbery that did occur with at least one of the cards in the first fight. But this time around, they got it much closer. I think Golovkin's won them both. Um, But, yeah, he'll have to go away without either.
0: On that, on the controversy, that 12th round for me was a clear Golovkin round. Yeah. And two of those judges scored it for Canelo. Yeah. When Canelo didn't really land anything meaningful. What clinched that round for Triple G, in my opinion, is that he landed a really clean uppercut. Yeah. And that was the only... That was the biggest, sort of, most telling punch of the round,
1: and the uppercut was a knockout punch against anyone else in the world. I think, like (laughs) at middleweight or below, that's for sure. Yeah, oh, amazing.
0: He hasn't had that many fights at middleweight, and now he's got twelve rounds in with you know the killer of the division, Triple G. So he was obviously a lot more comfortable in this one. Mm. But it's just, it's just hard that six judges over two fights, only one of them scored it for Triple G.
1: Yeah, that that is really
2: another. No, Another thing that I found interesting is the whole press row. Um, there was two who had it for Canelo, one had it a draw, and thirty-four had it for Triple G. So that's that's sort yes. of rings the alarm bells. But I was happy uh, either way. I'd be happy for either of them to have been um, called the winner, or I'd be extremely happy for a draw. It was just it was a hell of a fight. I can't yeah. wait for number three. I hope – do, we'll do you reckon we'll get the trilogy straight away or, or?
1: – No, I think he'll fight I, David I, Lemieux next. I don't. I think that Canelo fights David Lemieux next um, and for a couple of reasons um, because they've obviously been building towards that fight because Lemieux looked good and um, uh, obviously in stopping Spike O'Sullivan in the first fight, but also because – Gee, they'd like to wait around a little bit longer on um, Golovkin because I think they give themselves a chance of, um, of of winning the next one convincingly if they do wait and let him age a little bit. Uh, what, can, what
0: can Triple G do different? Because he knows that it's going to be a tough time
1: yeah. winning. On players, I don't know. So... I don't know. I saw a couple of people who would know saying that perhaps there was something in his conditioning. um that, that could be advanced the next time around. Perhaps, um, you know, they relied too much on the power. But to be honest, I just don't see that, given what's happened the last two fights, I don't think he can win on points in a fight against Canelo Alvarez. And at the current stage of his career, where maybe his power is just starting to wane ever, ever so slightly, it's still world-class and it still would have stopped the vast majority of... Um, boxes in or around that division in the worlds in that fight on Sunday. Um, I don't think he can get Canelo out of there. And as a result, mm. I don't think he can win. No, nah, I've got I've got to agree yeah. with you
2: hundred percent because the the difference the difference in fighter that the difference in fight that Canelo brought to both fights too, there's just so much more diversity in his work and just so much more depth in what Canelo can do. Um, I just yeah, I just can't see as you said, at these at the st- at the stage that both these fighters are of their careers now, I just can't see Golovkin getting over Canelo,
1: and with mm-hmm. having the judges look at him in a very favourable light yeah. as they have in both of the uh, previous fights.
0: What raised some alarm bells for me, though, is Abel Sanchez said they're only looking to to give Triple G a rest and to wait out for the Cinco de Mayo date in um. Uh, May next year. Yeah. So he doesn't want him to be active between now and then, which is the sign of an aging fighter that doesn't want to go through another grueling camp, which, you know, the middleweight division right now is really exciting. you got Daniel Jacobs, Billy Joe Saunders, you know, Jamal Charlo, you know, yeah. and there's no, he, he just does not seem interested in fighting any of the, those other guys. He just wants to kind of wait out for Canelo, which to me isn't a good sign. If you're really backing yourself, you would think that he'd want to stay active, at least get one tick-over fight in between just to just to keep the engine running. But I don't yeah. know. What do, you, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, well, that would be the preference. Like, uh, I wouldn't even mind it if they just didn't come back for another Canelo fight. If they made the decision to go, no, well, we're going to go another route. We're going to, you know, take on a Billy Joe Saunders or, or those sorts of guys. The winner
2: yeah, the winner of Saunders, Andrade. Yep. Yeah. Or you've got that – What? how the hell do you say his name? That absolute – Yes, yeah. that dude. Yeah. That dude's an absolute killer. Um, and good to see that those two power punches square off against each other.
1: But, yeah, fair enough. If they think he's got one big fight left, um, you may as well make everything you can out of it. And, obviously, the, uh, the richest route is just to hang around and fight Canelo when they say it's okay. Yeah. Um, as a side, yeah, I mean, I he represents
0: was- the most money, so you would imagine that they'd wait around for him exclusively.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, Perhaps. but you know, what seemed like a pretty boring division with Triple G dominating in you know in the last six months has gotten you know really really juicy, and I think the Jacobs and are actually fighting for the IBF strap.
2: Yes, yep. IBF.
0: So there's a good fight right there. Jacobs. Is if he was to be successful, he, there's always the option for a rematch with Triple G. That was another close fight. Um, so, yeah, it's a very juicy division.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, it really is. And uh, so is the division one up with the World Boxing Super Series final, uh, September 28, George Groves against uh, Callum Smith. Um,
0: very classy segue, Ben. Very thank good. you.
1: Yeah, well, I, I thought you was going to keep talking about that fight forever, so I, th- I yeah, thought we'd yeah, move yeah, on. Man, very good. Um, yeah. No, no. Uh being held in Saudi Arabia, of all places, um, this one, um, George Groves. We saw that horrendous shoulder injury that he had um, in the Eubank fight. What do you think that does to him this time around, uh, Jade? He's he's had surgery. Um, he's coming back. Is he going to be at one hundred percent?
2: Well, you'd think so because of where he is positioned in the world. He'll have the best team around him. The best would have had an amazing surgeon. Um, I should think he'll be he'll be spot on, um, but then again, you just you, you never know the shoulders in boxing they're, uh you need them quite a bit. So I hope uh, I hope for his sake his sake coming up against handy. they are handy. Hope hope for his sake coming up against a killer like Callum Smith that uh, the body is in tip top condition because it's going to be a hell of a fight. I can't wait for that one.
1: Yeah.
0: He's been in a few wars though, Groves. You'd think that the age versus youth mm. could be a factor given that Callum is still, you know, young and fresh and hungry.
1: Yeah. And then yeah, you look the at wars, their last Groves performances, like Groves is the the one in form. He's probably, you know, the form fighter aside from the injury. Uh, I don't know. I I, I understand... Uh, why George groves is the favorite, but it is such a difficult fight it's a uh, Callum Smith I think you know throughout the series was the one to beat but um, groves has really come on and impressed and impressed and the victory against Eubank was obviously next level so such a clear um, such a clear
2: fight. cut victory that one for groves and yeah. and the thing that yeah. surprised me is I reckon it was groves's groves movement that really um, that really beat Eubank. Mm. His movement was brilliant
1: that yeah. night. So um, he's on the undercard. Yeah, Eubank, yep. for this. Well, yes. Well I was. Funnily
2: enough, I was actually offered the fight with Eubank on that undercard
1: um, a couple of months back. There you go. He just thought I'd just stick it out at the Pavilion against you. Um, the Hungarian is. <laughs> <of it. laughs> yes, mate.
2: Yes, mate. I'll never find another Hungarian again. Don't you? Don't you? Don't <laughs> throw.
1: Don't throw that word around. So in sense, I, I knew a bit about this, but so, sorry, you were offered the fight with Chris Eubank next week on undercard, this undercard, yes. but but it couldn't be. You well, couldn't. Why? Why didn't it end up happening? Because my
2: mandatory somehow became um, Kerry Foley, uh, yeah, and right. Right. as if as yeah. if yeah. Okay. as if you're going to take a fight like that when I've got a, a fight only a few weeks prior. But um, yeah, yeah, and also too. Um, We've also got to think about fights that the, the actual fights that we want and that we're chasing potentially coming up. So, of yeah. course, the money the money would have been amazing, but um, yeah, we've got other things that we're gunning for. But anyway,
1: just so uh, Irishman JJ McDonough gets his chance. That's who he's yes. fighting. He's only I don't know. He fought the last couple at super middleweight, but um, largely at uh, largely at middleweight.
0: He fought like a three rounder not that long ago though, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he fought two, three rounders in his last couple, a four rounder before that, and a first round stoppage prior to that. So, uh, is yeah,
2: that, is that like was that like a prize fighter
1: type? Um, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, it must. I think
0: have been. he was on prize fighter a while ago. He he lost it obviously, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure when that was though. I think that was. A bit...
2: There was talk of Eubank also moving back down to middleweight too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, really, that's his natural division. A lot of people speculate that the reason he went up to Super Middleweight was just to get away from Triple G, because they were in negotiations and the whole pen incident. That's why in I'm between. hanging out up at yeah. Super
2: Middleweight. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, we should probably make I could probably make Junior Middle, but uh, I'm happy. Yep. Hey? You make yeah, Flyweight. Now you're taking a piss, Mickey. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have the Brutebears. I want to give another want to sh- give way? another shout out to Brew Beer. Thank you very much for uh, <laughs> keeping me a certain midway. I really appreciate the support.
1: And we should also mention uh, Everlast who sponsored the program as well. We haven't mentioned them as yet, so to, all your Everlast boxing apparel. Exactly right.
0: www.everlastboxing.com.au. That's the place for any boxing apparel.
1: Um, Kai McKenzie's got a very busy rest of the year booked in. He, I see he's got a. Uh, He's got a fight uh, to defend his um, WBO-affiliated belt against, uh, uh, is it Mark Bernaldez, 17-1. and Awesome. Um, And after that, he'll be on the Paul Gallen-John Hopawati undercard on November 10, which will be on main event. Uh, They're still working out an opponent, but uh, yeah, so he's got some... Some uh, some fights to come up, and uh, he hasn't had a busy year because he's only fought in that show the 17th of January uh, on the Anthony Mundine undercard, and now he's got a couple back-to-back. Well,
0: um- Did you say main event? Will that be pay-per-view? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, main event pay-per-view. So it'll be um, Paul Gallon, John Hoppawati in the main event, and then yeah. um, Damien Hooper is fighting. Um, I don't think i meant to say who he's fighting, but it's a really good fight. And then Kai is fighting. A, it's also a really good fight. And um, then uh, Matteo Tapia will be fighting as well, uh, who obviously impressed so heavily on the undercard of the Billy Dib Tevin Farmer fight. Um, so, yeah, some really good boxing and obviously that sort of half novelty event um, as the main event.
2: That's what you want. You yeah. want to see fighters like Mackenzie. You want to see him busy. That It's been a shame that we've had him on the sidelines. Yeah. He's... I, I love watching McKenzie fight. He's so powerful for that size, and just so methodic, so accurate. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen as master to see um, to see the boy more active. And you touched on Tapia as well, man. He's one to watch. He's exciting. He looks so good on the uh, Billy Dib on the card. What's your th- What's your thoughts on the main event? Yeah.
1: Well, you'd think that John Hopewrighty has uh, a round or so to wind back the clock to when he was a two-time Australian heavyweight champion and produced something big. He looks massive at the moment. Um, he, he's powerful. He's an absolute lunatic. So Gallon will have to really look out early on. Um, Gallon's going to be fitter than anyone that he fights probably during his entire boxing career. But um, he, he, he goes in a massive favourite. He should win, but I think he'll have some interesting moments in the first round or two against Hopper.
2: Speaking of shoulder injuries, Gallen's carrying a shoulder injury now, isn't he?
1: Yeah yeah he got injured at the weekend, so he's um unlikely to play in the uh, regular league match this weekend and then uh, he should be all right they think uh for the fight uh, there might be a little bit of you know uh, work mm. to be done and um, see exactly what happens with the sharks and what they can sort out but uh they're hopeful that won't be a problem so it we'll seems strange
2: through. at this pointy end of the season, and the sharks are right in the mix that um, he's got this fight penciled in, and he's got the shoulder injury too. Yeah, is there any is there any talk that it might put the fight might be put off if uh, Gallen can't get himself?
1: They're confident he's going to be okay. Yeah, so um, yeah, he doesn't have rep football in the off season or anything, so they're confident he'll be all right. Um, And you know if, if. if the injuries doesn't improve, then you know may have to put the fight back or something. But then it's going to be tricky because there's a main event fight uh, on the November the thirtieth with um, Horn against Chalk. So yeah, it, it's um, hopefully it's all okay because um, most mainly hopefully it's all okay because of the blokes we have got on the undercard and what a great awesome. looking undercard that is. Um, and because I need the gig also. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so has Beat that been a, thing? a. <laughs> Horn? No, it hasn't been announced. Monday? It was meant to be announced uh, last week. I haven't, I haven't uh, checked in for the last few days, but uh, they assure you know, me that
0: they're all this week. And
1: yeah, they assure me all that was happening was um, just a bit of toing and froing over all those weight um, penalties for for mundane. Um, yeah. So once that is sorted, then yeah, all the same details that we uh, that we discussed last time.
2: Got some rounds lined up with Chuck when he's in Melbourne in October. Okay, be good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Have you done many rounds with him ha- before? Haven't sparred with Chuck yet. He's okay. I've sparred with I've sparred with Danny. I've sparred with uh, Sammy Sakio. He's with
1: pretty well
2: the uh, uh, Funny you mention it. Uh, I did actually. I did. I spent uh, three weeks over there with Cotto. and uh, uh, made quite good money. Did I, did I mention well. it? <laughs> you haven't
1: mentioned it for a while.
2: Yeah, no. Um, Chuck's mm-hmm. the only one that. Um, that I haven't sparred with in Australia pretty well. So I'm, I'm hanging. Big fan of Chuck. So okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, good. See where the old boy's at. See where Chok's at. Uh, your other sparring partner, Sam Solomon, his
0: uh, win over Tej Singh has been overturned to a no contest. Mm. Uh, you you were at the fire. What, what did you make of that whole controversy? Because there was a lot of talk of it on
2: social media. Oh, man. It was, um, it was yes. brutal. Brutal, some of it, and bad officiating. Look, I really believe that Malcolm Bullner missed missed the knockdown at um, in the last round, but for mine, I still had Sam winning the fight even with the knockdown. Um, For my uh, Ted's, Ted's to me, I felt like he lost that fight. The definition of insanity is to do the exact same thing over and over again, and expect a different result. And Ted made no adjustments whatsoever. Sam would come in, he'd catch him with a shot, crowd him. There'd be there'd be um, uh, it'd be messy and close. Ted would throw Sam on the ground, and he was getting very frustrated. And he didn't do anything to change his distance, and he showed how limited he was. Um, I actually had Sam, I had Sam winning that fight because Sam was able to catch him when Ted was coming in and then crowd his work. It was ugly. It was not a nice fight to watch, but I, I honestly had Ted losing that fight. I reckon it's a little bit of a black eye for boxing that we had someone step in and now it's been a no contest.
1: Yeah, I only saw bits and pieces, and I obviously saw all of that final round where there were um, officially they they decided there were two knockdowns that um, had been missed in that final round. And uh, they also mentioned that um, the referee had ignored fouls committed by Sam Solomon throughout the fight. So, um, yeah, there there was certainly a lot going on. Fouls on both Um, sides. It was such an ugly fight, Ben. Well, it was. It was, it was always going to be like it that, had, wasn't it? Like, it had to be. It was your, your perfect storm of ugly fight, that one, uh, in the lead-up. It, it had lead to, to
2: be because Tedge is just a walk-forward monster who doesn't stop throwing, and Sam is going to yeah. change his distance on you all night, and the only way that he could stay out of trouble was to stick to Tej like shit to a blanket. He had to. He really had to just glue himself to him, and Tedge wasn't able to adjust the distance he sort of fought fire with fire and just stepped into Sam and would throw him on the deck. And it was just a rough-and-tumble, ugly fight. But
1: Sam... So you're calling for a rematch now that uh, it's been a no contest? No. Or no, no, no.
2: Why not? Well, because... We just... Don't want to. No. 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 Okay. I, I'd like to see... I'd like to see Sam, I, think, I believe Sammy's having his last fight for the year. Uh, last fight of his career at the end of the year, and um, oh, and then he's gonna he's gonna hang him up, mate. And uh, what a career it's yep. been. I think yeah. I think oh, yeah. I think fights like that damage Sam's legacy, and I, I don't want him to be remembered for that fight. I want him to be remembered for beating fighters like Raymond Jabal, um, being come- Felix Sturm. Felix Sturm, um, of course, Sturm. Um, his fight with Winky Wright, where he outpunched him yep. three to one, and um, and was very unlucky to not get the decision um, against pound for pound number two in the world at the time. He's been the, he's been the road warrior his whole career, and he's beaten beaten champions in their own backyard. He's an absolute legend. He's done it the hard way, and um, yeah. So it'll be enough enough's enough now for King Solomon, and it'll be great to see him go out with a win at the end of the year. No doubt. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely not an ideal fight to end on nope. with Tej Singh so hopefully you can have a bit of a cleaner performance yeah. at the end of the year and, and yeah, have a good sign-off to the boxing world.
2: Tej gives
1: everyone at middleweight a hard time. There's a um, there's a couple more good fights uh, to come probably over the next month. Um, I know Liam Parrow's got a fight with a German opponent um, on a show at the Brisbane Entertainment Convention Centre on an Angela DiCarlo show. That's October the 13th and um, then a week later than that, everyone's fighting. Jaya has a big fight in Belgium um, against Bilal Lagoon, I think it might be, or Laguan. That's for the um, for, for a belt uh, at, at uh, Cruiserweight. And then also at Cruiserweight, uh, the man he was meant to be fighting, Mark Flanagan, he is uh, off overseas to uh, Marseille in France to take on Arsène Goulomirien, who is 23-0 for the interim WBO Uh, WBA cruiserweight title. So, um, yeah, a bit going on uh, around that stage with Jason Maloney fighting that weekend as well.
0: Given that Jai and Mark Flanagan are fighting on the same day, does that mean that potentially they could, if they're both successful, square off? Well, their next fight after that? I've, yeah, well, now.
1: originally Flanagan was meant to be fighting for the IBO belt. Um, that was meant to take place in December. That fight fell over, but then they picked up this fight in France. Um, they were meant to be fighting the South African. Um, and Mark Flanagan said if he won that fight, he'd come back and defend against Jai Opatai, the IBO belt, first up. I'd imagine he has the same mindset about this, um, but it'll obviously depend on the WBA as to whether um, they... We'll let him fight Tire, and it'll also depend on tire getting through what um, definitely looks like the toughest test of his career against a, an experienced dude in um, Belgium.
0: Yeah, it's the same the Cruiserweight division. Uh, Blake Caparello moved up and got a third-round stoppage against Lance Bryant yep. on a Sam Labruna card. Yeah, so obviously there's another potential opponent in the mix for Jaya Pattaya at some stage, you wouldn't think he'd be in a rush to fight him just yet, just because of Blake's style yeah, and experience. Yeah,
1: But that's
0: definitely one to look for in
1: the future. Yes, yeah, you would think so. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure, is Blake definitely going to stay at Cruiserweight now? I know we we thought that that was, that was the plan, but uh, I'm not sure. When, if... I, when I
0: spoke to, to him, he said it was just to stay busy, mm. but since then, I've heard Rumors that he may be staying there, so not sure. I'd have to check in on him and, some, and see.
2: There's some interesting fights. He looked thick. He looked good at that weight. And um, you'd be a lunatic to bet against Blake Caparello in Australia. He's tried and proven. He's beaten everyone. He's been the best of the um, best of the light heavyweights we've had over the past few years. That's for sure. Blake Caparello. As um, yeah, I will never bet on. I will never bet against him ever again.
1: Hmm. And then this Sunday, um, AJ Povetkin. Um, Mickey, what do you think? Uh, Well,
0: I can definitely see Povetkin giving AJ some worries early in the fight. But as the fight goes on, I think AJ's youth speed eventually will be too much. And I think if he'll stay at the end of his jab, he can stop him late. Yeah. It'll be a very different looking fight to the Klitschko fight where Klitschko was fighting very dirty against Povetkin, who was, like, throwing him around like a rag yeah. doll and just, you know, elbowing him and stuff. It was a very ugly fight to watch. Yeah. So this will be this will look very different to that because it's a totally different style, but...
1: Do you think that AJ will come out um, in that defensive mindset like he did against Joseph Parker, or, or do you think there's a chance that he comes out with a bit, of, bit more fireworks um, to make more of a statement against someone like Povetkin, who obviously is a really tough dude and who has been there and done that, but uh, who potentially isn't quite where he once was? Is is there a chance that um, AJ comes out, tries to destroy him and, and get him out of there, or do you reckon he's going he's gonna to box this time again?
0: Well, he copped a lot of flack for his defensive style against uh, Joseph Parker. So he has said in recent interviews that he will come out and be more aggressive, but you have to take that talk with a pinch of salt because it's always it could just be selling a fight. But I think maybe he will take a few more risks, particularly as the fight goes on. Yeah. I think initially he will be working off a jab. You do need a good jab against Povetkin yeah. just to keep him away yeah. because he does come in out of nowhere and, and he's just got to kill a killer punch. We saw, we've seen his power time and time again. Yeah. So and I, and I don't think you'd want to mess up a potential fight with you know, you know with the winner of Wilder and Fury if that fight is actually happening. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so I guess you'd you'd think it'd be safety first, I I'd, I'd think. Yeah, but. well
1: hopefully not too safe. Uh, yeah, we would like to see him um uh, a little bit more attacking minded, and um, yeah, Povetkin, it, Well, his last big win was uh, when we were there on that undercard between Parker and AJ when he um, he stopped <laughs> David Price in um, almost killed oh, him. oh, gee, and David Price is back. Um, he's fighting on this undercard again, again, against, and in another tough
0: fight as well. So, yeah. uh, Sergey you managing Grisman? David Price, oh, nobody, <laughs> wow. I think he
1: just. He just says yes. Uh, yeah. That's going to at yeah. the moment. Is Eddie yeah. Hearn not like that guy
2: or something? What's what's going on there? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, he, really is, he, he, put,
0: he puts asses in seats. The UK really? love him. David yeah. Price he's can lose the next 100 guy. fights. He'll still be a big draw. Yeah. Yeah. He's showing that time and time again, you know, and he's lost to Lauren, Laura opposition, and yeah. people still line up to see him. Like, who, like, where else in the world would a fight with him and Povetkin sell?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so him and... Sergei Kuzman, um, like it, it's a fight he can win again if he can box. He's bigger than him, obviously, as he always is. But he's a pretty tall dude. He's 6'4", Kuzmin. He'll get in there, he'll throw shots. And it does yeah. appear if you connect with David Price's chin, he goes down.
0: Yeah. Or against Povetkin where he just kind of froze <laughs> and then his chin was just out of oh, the air. Of it was just,
1: that was really hard to watch. Instantly. It really was. I think I held you for about half an hour after yeah, that. Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I lost my mind that when he had that big moment. I think it was the third yeah. round where he wobbled Povetkin. Yeah. And I guess the UK kind of got me a bit excited about that. And But then, yeah, yeah. that was probably his biggest moment in that it final. Was all to down
2: yeah. I'm glad I'm not a heavyweight. Jesus Christ. Some of those shots are just, oh, that was brutal to watch, man. Yeah.
1: Absolutely brutal. Yeah, yeah, it really was. That was nasty.
2: But look,
0: hopefully, you know, because if he can get a win there, Price, then he'll he'll get another big fight. I don't know against who, but he'll get another decent fight against someone and he'll stay in the mix for these undercard fights that when you just want to fill out a show in the
1: UK. Yep. And um, we just wait and wait for Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder to be announced. Um, surely that should have happened yeah, by now. The latest
0: on that is um, they're waiting for this fight week with uh, Povetkin and AJ to announce it. But okay. he did put out an interesting tweet, Tyson Fury saying something about he wants fair the
1: judging uh, judges to yeah. fight. Which I would have thought would have been better in a contractual discussion rather than a, a tweet. But yeah, no <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's not a
0: good sign for if you want to see that fight. Uh, but yeah, that's, is there anything else we haven't covered today, fellas?
1: Um, I don't. Well, there probably is. Yeah, let's be honest. I am sure we've missed half a dozen really good shows. Um, we haven't mentioned uh, anywhere near enough Australian promoters or boxers, But uh, what are we going to do? There is a fair bit going on. I think we've tried hard. We'll give
0: did, it 100%. Yeah. Hopefully, we can do this again soon. Yeah,
1: no, we've, yeah. Had, we've had That'd a crack. Be. We've, we've given sure. a shake. Yeah. Well done, Alice. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. all we can do. That's all yeah, we can do. Shake. We're like David Price. We're just in there <laughs> swinging and yeah. getting climate occasion. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: very good, very good. <laughs> right, well, that's that's another episode in the bag, yep. guys. Yeah, Powered by right.
2: Everlast, guys. www.everlastboxing.com.au. And also... Please rate us on iTunes, five stars. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, do that. And, um, yeah, I, I, we did forget to mention um, Brock Ellis is uh, travelling through Europe at the moment from Ausboxing, but he sent us, I think these are the latest pound-for-pound um, pound rankings. And Jade Mitchell, after his uh, impressive victory against Kerry Foley at the Melbourne Pavilion, does not make it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man.
2: Maple Lowe's on there, though. What the hell are you doing, Brock? <laughs> What's going on? Come on, man! yeah Wait, hey, after a win over Kerry Foley, man, how how am I not in the top ten pound for pound in Australia? Well, you need to write a letter to their
0: hate mail. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> a
1: message to them on Facebook. They love yeah. that. Um, um, just tell them, telling me disappointed more than anything. Yeah, uh, I'm
2: not. Yeah, I'm not angry. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. There's some good fighters on there. I'll get there. Don't you worry. I'll be there one day.
1: Yeah, just keep on keeping. All right, all right, fellas. See you later on. See you, everyone. Bye
0: bye. Ta
2: ta.